Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. You have heard it that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he who makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and send rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even tax collectors do the same. And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than, uh, than, than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Pete. Thanks, Joel. I'll just pop this on, I guess. All right. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Um, so uh, we've just um, just heard the passage, and um, uh, and, and I'm going to be speaking a little bit on loving our enemies. Um, so so far in the series, um, you'll recall we've um, been looking at the ways that Jesus um, in the Sermon on the Mount calls us as, as Christians to live distinctively. Um, so um, we, we first of all looked at how uh, what distinctive looking uh, living looks like in terms of our money, how we manage that. And then um, last week we were looking at uh, uh, worry, anxiety, and how Jesus calls us to live uh, distinctively um, in, in regards to that. But I, I think um, I think this section of, of um, the Sermon on the Mount is, is probably the point at which Jesus is calling us to um, to the most distinctive living. Um, so let me read out um, the the the, uh, the start of verse forty four. But I say to you, love your enemies. So um, Jesus is calling us to love our enemies. Um, and, and I think um, th that, that stems from the fact that we are called to love everyone, both, both our friends and our enemies, comes from the fact that that reflects God's character. So God loves all. Um, you know, Jesus, Jesus makes the point that, that actually you know, being nice to people who are, are nice to us isn't distinctive. Um, you know, that's what everyone does. Um, and he used the example of the tax collectors. Um, God, by nature, loves everyone, even those who reject him. Um, and, and, and we see that in, in, uh, in verse 45, where um, Jesus says, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Um, so this, this principle is, uh, is, is known as God's common grace. Um, and, um, and we see it sort of in, in other parts of the Bible as well, um, in the Psalms, where David is sort of lamenting the fact that, that you know, the evildoers um, are, are, are prospering. Um, and, but, 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 you know, but this reflects God's um, universal love for all. And we are being called to reflect uh, God's character in showing love without favour. So what does loving our enemies look like in London in 2022. Um, it probably won't look like um, some of the sort of biblical accounts of, um, uh, of, of, of kings fighting one another and, and being chased, um, chased into caves. It's, uh, but, but Jesus actually, I think, is, is quite real about that, that, um, that reality for most of us. When, uh, so if we look at verse 47, 
Jesus says, if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? So actually, Jesus grounds it in something very everyday, greeting our brothers. Um, and I wonder if, if for us, uh, loving our enemies might look like um, something a little bit more every day. Do we, are we willing to, um, at the end of church, for example, go and sit down and have a conversation with um, that, that, that lady who's, who's arrived on her own? Or are we making a beeline straight to our friends who we know we'll get on easily with? That demanding colleague at work, um, when we ask how they're doing, are we willing to, um, to, to take the time to hear the full answer, knowing full well that that might take a while? Um, are we willing to respond constructively to the colleague who's just put us down in a meeting in front of the whole team? And I think that's, that's fundamental really here. Loving our enemies is in the day-to-day -day, uh, interactions that we have with people. And then, um, and then we look at, at the second part of um, verse 44, which is just as radical. Jesus is calling us to pray for those who persecute us. So we're called to love everyone because Jesus loves everyone. And we're called to pray for those who persecute us, which is effectively to forgive those who persecute us. Um, and Jesus is sort of saying that we can do that. And the reason we can do that is because we are forgiven. Okay, so we're called to forgive because we are forgiven. So um, if you're following on the, the, the notes, apologies, I've sort of, I didn't really <laughs> point to the first point, but I'm pointing to the second point. So um, that's the second point in the handout. We, we are called to forgive because we are forgiven. And that's, that is fundamental to living as a Christian. Um, obviously, again, you know, persecution is, is quite a strong word, and um, we don't have to look far in the news to see that, that for some Christians around the world, that, that is a real um, threat of, of, of death or serious harm for following Jesus. Um, but for us here in London, it, 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 it may be direct, um, or it may be sort of indirect opposition, maybe because of our faith, um, or it, it may not. Um, and, and I wanted to just sort of give, um, a personal example. So, um, and again, this, you know, I, I, I have to start by saying this isn't something that I find particularly easy. So, um, you know, if I get cut up on my, on my bike by um, an inconsiderate driver, the first thing I think of isn't immediately, God bless you, my, my brother or sister. Um, and, you know, and if someone says something that, you know, or, 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 or perhaps, does something to put me out my you know I have to confess sometimes my initial reaction is how can I get them back um but um but it is something that God sort of fairly recently challenged me on um and uh and, and I'm going to give an example of a disagreement in local politics so um you might assume that in local politics your biggest disagreements would be with people in opposing parties but that's not always the case <laughs> and actually some of the biggest challenges um that that, that, that i've had I, I gave away the parties that's a bit i won't I definitely won't name names but um <laughs> but some of the biggest challenges I've, I've had in in local politics have actually been members of my own party um and and i had a disagreement um uh last year with a, with a, a lady in the local party and um i, I maybe expressed my opinions in a, in a way that was quite stark and clearly i i you know i i i conveyed it in a way that made her feel, that really touched a nerve and made her feel that actually I wasn't valuing her opinion. 
And um, as a result of that, um, there was a, a quite a, an unpleasant sort of barrage of emails that came off the back of that. I kept, I decided to take myself out of it, but there was, a, you know, her and a couple of other um, individuals were, were sort of feeding a narrative. And at that time, that, that, that felt, you know, it was quite stressful for me because I obviously could see this happening in front of a kind of a, a wider audience. And, um, and it, you know, and it, and it, it, it caused me, you know, quite a bit of um, stress and worry. Um, but at, at the same time, I felt, um, I felt challenged by God to, um, to uh, forgive her and, and to pray for her. Um, and, and, and I think part of that, that challenge and that conviction um, comes from the fact that, you know, we are in, we are in that same boat, aren't we? We, um, uh, with, with God, you know, we, when we sin, when we disobey him, um, we cause him pain, um, you know, and, uh, and, 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 um, and that actually is, you know, we were um, enemies of God um, and we have been uh, reconciled to him. So, um, yeah, and that, that was hard. I think that's a very hard um, thing to do when you feel like someone's really hurt you. It's, it's, it's raw, it's, it, it impacts your emotions. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I felt also a kind of a, a bit of a spiritual weight um, lifted when um, I... I um, resolve to forgive her and, and to pray for her. And a, and a sort of practical point on prayer as well. Um, so praying, praying for those who persecute you isn't purely praying for them to, uh, to stop or to, um, you know, see the error of their ways. Um, it's also praying, it's, it's wanting the best for them. It's praying for their salvation. And, and when we, we pray for them, our hearts should want their salvation and want their presence in heaven and their eternal happiness. Um, so and that, that is a really high bar <laughs> that Jesus sets. Um, Paul uh, in, in, in Romans 10 sort of uh, does give, a, give us a good example of this, praying for the, the Jewish people, many of whom were you know, persecuting him at, at the time. Um, I think just I'll very briefly just touch on a kind of a couple of you know implications because I think it's it's very easy to talk at the front about um, forgiving our enemies and um, forgiving those who persecute us. Um, I, I think we are still called to exercise discernment and judgment. Um, so again, um, an example from the uh, the, lo the local political party makes us sound quite um, dysfunctional, but, um, <laughs> but there's a a certain individual in that party who who has has who was so disruptive that actually um even though i you know i'm a position where i forgive the impact of that disruption i still do not believe that it'd be right for that person to be involved again in a, in a senior position in a local party and i think that's important we can simultaneously forgive someone release them a burden but also uh, be discerning in the decisions we make and the, the other good example might be someone in an abusive relationship for example may decide that, that that it's not best to go back into that relationship. Um, that doesn't mean that, that, that forgiveness is not possible and those are distinct um, things. And, and I think the other really important thing around that is forgiving does not mean forgetting. So there, there is that expression, isn't there, sort of forgive and forget. Um, and uh, I, I, I very much dislike it um, because I think because I think that's um, one aspect of, of forgiveness that people perhaps find hard is that if I, you know, if I forgive this person of this sin, it's as if it, it never happened. 
Well, actually, that, that's not necessarily the case. And uh, there is, um, you know, there is absolutely reason for um, you know, justice systems that exist. Um, but also we are shaped by our experiences as well. And sometimes things that have happened in life that, that cause us deep um, pain and deep suffering um, do, do shape us. And they have happened. Um, and the, the, the analogy I'll use, if you'll kind of excuse me an analogy or forgive me an analogy, is, is one of um, scars and, and wounds. So, um, so obviously when we, you know, David, David's just been in given blood. So, um, <laughs> so at the moment he's got a plaster on to protect the wound uh, to make sure it doesn't bleed. But um, I assume it's probably quite a small prick, but if, if you know, arg argument's sake, they slashed open your arm to get loads of blood out, then you would, you would eventually, when that heals, you would have, you would have a scar and that scar is a reminder of that, of that wound. It's not an active wound. It's not causing you you continual pain and discomfort, but it is a reminder. And I and I do believe that you know for people who have been through very serious incidents in life, and and if they're a Christian, if they have got to a place of being able to forgive um, the perpetrators, um, then you will still probably have those those scars. You will still you know have those um, those, those memories of that 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 um, that pain. But but. Um, you know, but there is freedom in forgiveness, and um, and um, and ultimately, we we see that in in Jesus. So, um, final point, we look to our reward in heaven. Um, and yeah, as believers, um, we 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 do have um, the perfect example of um, forgiveness in in the face of persecution. Um, Jesus' prayer on the, on the cross as he his hands are being nailed. Uh, to the cross was to forgive those who were doing it um, and the reality is that that he has forgiven us more than than we can ever forgive others um, and uh, Jesus as a man was was fully focused on heaven on on his father's um, will for him and the more we are as well the more that um, that that uh, that we will it easy uh, to um, forgive. Um, and so just to sort of end with, I've just got a, a quote from uh, John Piper, which I, I really liked. So I'll just read that out. Um, so he says, the command to love your enemy is a command to find your hope and your satisfaction in God and his great reward, not in the way people treat you. The steadfast love of the Lord is better than life. Loving your enemy doesn't earn you the reward of heaven. Treasuring the reward of heaven empowers you to love your enemy. So loving your enemy doesn't earn you the reward of heaven. Treasuring the reward of heaven empowers you to love your enemy. Um, and, and, and that's what we see throughout the, um, the Sermon on the, on the Mount is um, Jesus calling us to uh, treasure the reward of heaven to live distinctively um and and if if you you know see verse uh, 48 um at a, at a literal reading um jesus is calling us to be perfect as our father in heaven is perfect um but as as believers we we you know if we apply that principle we see that we're not seeking to achieve perfection in order to um enter heaven but if we live lives centered on Christ, who was perfect, uh, then uh, we will be distinctive and noticeable. We will be 
like the light of the world. Um, and in doing so, uh, we may win some over for the gospel.